All right, welcome back to the Adams Ward podcast. Um, we're here with Jim Hemingway. Excited to get to know him a little bit. Thank you for joining us. I am excited as well. <laughs> um, why don't we just get right into it and let us know where you grew up and kind of a little bit about your childhood. Oh, well, um, not here. Not here. <laughs> I grew up not here. I grew up in Nebraska. Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I was the oldest of uh, seven. Uh, one, one, we had one brother who was, who died at birth, so, but, so I still count, you know, as we have seven, uh-huh. uh, but um, I have uh, four other brothers and a sister, and they have been spread out across the land. Yeah. Um, but we all grew up in uh, in Omaha, which is not the most exciting place in the world, but it was a good place to grow up. Um, my dad did a whole bunch of different things. His career was pretty all over the place. Um, he was a machinist and he was a bus driver and he was a bunch of things. He, But most of the time while I was growing up, he worked in the meatpacking plants. Hmm. And um, so I kind of remembered that. That's kind of, you know, what I remember most. Although being the oldest, I remember some things that my brothers sister don't necessarily remember yeah um but later on uh, he he kind of went when he, he got got married early and it kind of short-circuited his college okay so he did a lot of stuff and and um he uh always wanted to go back to school so he went back to school uh Kind of always along the way, he would be taking classes, night classes. But it, he really gathered some momentum about the time that my youngest brother was the last one there. Okay. And he ended up he f- he finished his working uh, career as a school teacher, which uh, was I, it's kind of an example. Is it in a way? To me, because I've, although I've done the same thing, I would say, probably for 31 years, before that I was kind of jumping around, and and even while I've been, I work at Kaiser. Okay. Even at Kaiser, I've kind of done different things, and um, sometimes like being like a chameleon where never really can <laughs> pin me down as, okay, that's where you are, that's what you do. Um, but it was a good childhood. We, uh, I wasn't a member of the church growing up. I grew up, um, as, uh, grew up Catholic and, uh, but we were, we were pretty devout Catholics. I mean, I was an altar boy and, and, um, I always had kind of a, a desire I, I wanted to understand I wanted you know I felt like I wanted to do what was right and so it was there was a lot in me that said go look keep looking keep asking questions and um, so that you know that was I don't know what really fed that my my parents were you know, they were pretty strong in their faith, and it was expected. You know, it's kind of like you were brought up, kind of like, you know, kids that are brought up in the in the church. You know, like I brought up my kids. It was kind of, this is what we do. This yeah. is what's expected. And uh, So, yeah, I've, I've heard the term altar boy, but yeah. kind of explain that to us. What exactly does um, that mean? Okay, so... Um, the worship service um, 
involves on Sunday um, saying Mass. Uh-huh. And the priest who's ordained, uh, there are things that he needs help with. Like hold the book, okay. move this, ring some bells, do some things. And as a part of the service, you, uh, if you're an altar boy, you do those things. And, it, and you have um, robes that you wear as well. Um, and uh, you have to be trained and you have to okay. understand. It's a lot like, you know, what we do with maybe the like deacons, teacher. the te- teachers and the deacons. Although there's not a, an ordination involved, uh, it was, it's something that you take, uh, take some responsibility and, and yeah. there's duties involved, um, like... The priest would say mass at different times, and sometimes it was like some of the tough ones were like early morning, like six o'clock in the morning. You had to be there, woke up for and for you know, 10, 11, 12 year old boy, yeah, that's rough. You got sure. to be up there, you know, at 5 30 in the morning, you got to be someplace. Anyway, so it was, ready, yeah. it, was an, it was an interesting thing. It was uh, okay, and I think that that is that it falls into that. Same sort of, if you, to exercise your faith, you need to do some things. And you have to work. It's not just, you you really need to exercise your faith to grow. For sure. So that's what, I mean, it was growing up in Omaha. And it was a hot, humid place in the summer and cold and and very snowy and miserable in the winter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what kind of hobbies did you have? Did you hang out with your siblings, or did you have lots of friend groups? Or oh, You know, I did not hang out with my siblings as much as I probably <laughs> should have. We were close in age, so there was a lot of competition. Gotcha. <laughs> Especially between me, and I had a brother who was a year younger, and then my sister, and then all the other brothers. And uh, we had some things that we did together, but mostly uh, we are kind of went our own ways. Um, athletics was a big thing. Um, just did a lot of, you know, everything from whatever I could get involved in. My dad wanted me to play basketball. I didn't like basketball as much. <laughs> He wanted me to, and, but I played, and then he wanted me to play baseball, and so I played baseball for a while, and it, but it wasn't my thing. Um, I liked to run, and so I, I ran track, and uh, I played football. I really liked those things. Okay. And so those were kind of my keep myself busy, but then there was this other side, which was... Um, The arts. Uh, I fancied myself as an artist when I was growing up. Um, And until there was a jump-off point when I was, like, 18, that seemed to be all I wanted to do. And it involved both graphic arts and music. I wasn't good enough to learn to play an instrument. I should have done that. I, I kicked myself for that. But I was in vocal music okay. at, from an early age. So that was that side of my brain. That's what I did. Nice. Um, and then when I turned 18, I it was a really weird point um, because I looked and I really, as a... I thought that the, it was at the time when computer graphics was just getting started. I said, oh, yeah, that's the future. And so that was like technology, right? That was actually about the time I was, I was, did my, I was in, a freshman in college as an art major. Oh, yeah. And I thought, you know, I need to get more technical stuff. How am I going to do that? It was kind of a silly plan. But I ended up going into the military because 
I thought, well, you know, this is a way, this particular program that I was in, is a way maybe I can get a chance to catch up on all the people who have been doing all the technical stuff while I was going through school. And so I went into the Navy, into their nuclear power program, and that kind of spun me over to the other side of my brain, and I went in as an artist, and then they spit out an engineer. And so I, <laughs> I came out and went to school for engineering. So Interesting. It was, it was a really weird thing, but it all actually started because I wanted to become relevant as an artist, which now I look and I'm, I'm so amazed by what is done now, you know, in, in the world of the CGI and all that. That's what I thought I would be doing. I really, I really thought in my heart, that's what I was going to do. And I, I would become relevant that way. And that is not what I ended up doing at all. Yeah. <laughs> at all. Interesting how life takes yeah. different turns, you know? Yeah. So you, uh, you grew up in Nebraska, mm -hmm. uh, went to primary, secondary school there, yeah. high school. High school, and then I did, that was when I was a freshman I, in college. It was University of Nebraska at Omaha Okay. for a while, uh, for a year or so. And then I decided that I was just empty. As an artist, I wasn't, there was no life experience. It was kind of the way I was thinking anyway. I was like, go out and have, get some experience. Get out and... Yeah. I hadn't, I didn't have any emotional entanglements, I really, to speak of. I didn't date a lot in, in high school. I was, like, always busy in this club or that club or this, this sport or that sport. And didn't really have time to go out and, you know, to socialize very much. Okay. So there was no... Nothing holding me back. Yeah. I'm like, okay, wherever you I'm want done. To go. I'm just going to go. And in fact, it was a friend of mine who was also like in, you know, uh, a singing group that I was with. Okay. And uh, he came by. I, at the time, it was it was a bit odd because my parents, my dad was working for the meatpacking industry, and this was when I was a senior in high school. And he actually, they, it was a rough time economically and he had to go someplace else to to stay employed and he moved the family and I stayed okay so when when I was 17 my parents moved you know wow. but I found them again you know sort of that joke right yeah. <laughs> um they they left and I lived with my aunt and uncle finished high school and anyway I'm out in the backyard with my aunt and uncle's backyard and this friend of mine mike comes by and he says hey i'm going into the navy and was i think we were in the backyard working on a garage or something he they were tearing it apart i remember him saying that and i said sure and, you know it's like when you're that age you can chalk off six years of your life just like like that you know <laughs> yeah. boom no I, i'm not doing anything right um, and then he went in, but I was delayed so that we didn't actually go in at the same time. Okay. It was like six months apart because he was making this all like, Hey, we could go to boot camp together and then we could go to a school together. And none of that happened. I was going to say, cause you started college. I, I was in college. I had to finish. I had to finish that semester. I wanted to finish that up. Gotcha. So... You fast forward, and it was really, uh, it's one of these things where, and this is what I really enjoy about life, is that you have these sort of synchronistic things where you run into somebody that you haven't seen in a million years. Um, and that buddy of mine who went into the Navy and kind of disappeared from my view because I was on my own path, we were uh, stationed in Norfolk, and he showed up. One day, we were in the mall, and uh, I'm 
wandering in the mall. My wife is with me, and she's just kind of looking through some of the stores. And I, um, I hear my name hollered <laughs> from off, just kind of off in the, the, the distance. And I'm like, what? And then my, uh, he comes up and then his wife, whose, his name is Mike, her name is Debbie. I see her, so I holler, Debbie. And of course, my wife's name is Debbie, so she hears me holler that. So she turns around to see why am I calling her and turns out that they've been living um, at the time. They were like a couple of blocks away no way. and had been there for a little while. We just didn't know. Hadn't crossed paths yet. Yeah. And so it was just this really kind of chance meeting. And uh, it was very special. And we, from that time, you know, we, we kind of spent time as families together as much as you, we could. Uh-huh. But life is so incredible that way when you have those sort of interesting things. I'm sure you've had those as well in your life, you know, where there's somebody else's Seems hand. like coincidence up yeah. front and then later you're yeah, like, really, mm, no yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, that was, and that's kind of it, you know, it was, um, it leads you to paths that you may not have followed and relationships that, and, and building relationships that you didn't know that you were going to do, you weren't going to build. And it's the, that's one of the sweetness of life, I think, is that. I've, I've, one of the things I enjoy most about life is seeing somebody that I haven't seen in a long time yeah. and realizing that, you know, it, was, it wasn't, there was a reason for this. And, but just relishing that. Mm-hmm. Nice, um, I like that. Yeah. Well, we can go a few different ways right now. Yeah. We can go um, into how you met and married your wife. Sure. If you want to go sure, that way. Sure, sure. that's another one of those really interesting <laughs> things. Say we jumped right? in, you yeah. were married, and yeah. we yeah. figured yeah, yeah. out how So how did, how did that happen? <laughs> what? <laughs> this is artist kid who was like, then, and then all of a sudden he's married? <laughs> um, yeah, as a part of... The schooling in the Navy, they shipped me off to, of all unlikely locations, Idaho Falls, because there's a, uh, a training site for nuclear power operators out in the middle of the desert Yeah, out in southeast Idaho. That's where I was. Um, Actually, the first part of the school was in Orlando. We did six months there. And then we went to um, Idaho Falls for what they call prototype, where these got plants that you actually have to run. Okay. And you, you learn to actually turn valves and take readings and do that kind of stuff. Um, but I was that was where I met her. And... The reason I mentioned the Orlando part was because while I was there, I um, got to be friends with uh, uh, a, a guy named Gary Kelch, and he and I um, decided, okay, well, we'll drive out. See, at the time, I had moved back. Uh, my well, my place of residence was with my my parents were living in Illinois. He's from. Pennsylvania, and we were heading to Idaho. <laughs> so there was this incredibly long trip where he drives out to uh, Illinois, picks me up, and then we drive all the way out to Idaho Falls. Okay, all from Orlando. All well, yeah. Well, we, f- we okay. We flew back home from Orlando, gotcha. but then we okay. got he got his car. I didn't have a set of wheels. Illinois. Pennsylvania, Illinois, and gotcha. Um, so when I got there, uh, we, or we got there on, uh, my birthday, actually, which is in the middle of June. 
and um, we got an apartment that we were going to share. And then, of course, he was the only one that had, it was his wheels. So anything we did, I if I needed to go someplace, I was kind of beholden to Gary to, can I borrow the car or can we yeah. go to the same, <laughs> same place? And uh, so we set up shop there. And then on the 4th of July, we hadn't had a chance, we didn't need to report into school for a couple of days. And so it was like, well, what do you do in Idaho Falls on the 4th of July? We're really bored. Yeah. A couple of bachelors are sitting there. This is stupid, you know? And so um, I said, well, there's a few things. This is silly. I, there were some things that I needed to get. Uh, I didn't know what we were going to do that day, but there was there were some stuff I needed to buy at the store. So I said, Gary, let's just go to the store. Let's pick up a couple of things, and, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do for the rest of the day. And it was on the way to the store that we ran across a car full of girls. My wife was the driving, the girl that was driving. It was, and she had her, her uh, uh, cousins and uh, her best friend at the time in the car. They had come in. She lived outside of town uh, on a, a farm about... I don't know, 40 miles outside of town. Okay. And so they had, they were in town just to play on the 4th of yeah. July. And we were driving around and we had put, I don't people probably don't understand. We put our, what are called our combination caps. It's part of the uniform in the okay. back window. And we st we were a stoplight, and they pulled up. And it was kind of real high schoolish, yeah. right? <laughs> you come up. They, the they, they come up at the stoplight together, and um, uh, one of them, I, th I can't remember who it was, but hollers out, "Are you guys Marines?" And we said, "No, we're not Marines. We're we're in the Navy," you know. And that began this conversation that was like from one stoplight to the next oh, stoplight, really? right? And uh, they said, well, where, where are you guys going? Well, we're going over to the store. Well, we'll meet you over the store. Oh, okay. Well, we were pretty bored, so this is, sounds like <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, and we went to this, that store, and so we were talking. You know, there's just the two of us, and there's like four of them. And, some, and, and I think two of them were pretty young so it was like okay i don't know how where this is going but um as we were talking um debbie says hey i'll buy everybody ice cream and i'm like impressed I'm like she doesn't know me from adam but she's gonna buy it buy me some ice cream which is one like one of my favorite things right <laughs> and uh i remember making the comment to my friend, I says, okay, I don't know where this is going, but that's who I'm going to talk that's, to. Yeah. That's, that's, that's where I'm focusing my attention. And immediately he starts flirting with her. I mean, you know, so yeah. that was like, that was like throwing down the gauntlet, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. But, um, we ended up, we went, got the ice cream and then we went and, uh, got some Kentucky fried chicken and we went down by the river in front of the temple and we had a picnic and then we went to the zoo and then we had, I mean, it was just this really wonderful day. And, um, when, uh, there's a, a, like a theme park sort of like they got rides and stuff. Right. It's, gone a long time ago i think but at the time they had ferris wheels and stuff like that okay. so there's fun stuff to do and so i think i hope don't want to get anybody in trouble but that was the first time that we kissed was on the ferris wheel we actually oh. kind of start no actually actually it was in front of the monkey cage if i remember yes that's right it was right in front of the monkey cage <laughs> and uh then we went on the Ferris wheel. And so I'm like 
yeah, I'm kind of liking this girl. And, and it seemed like she was liking me. So we set up that we would have another date. And uh, so we went our separate ways. Again, remember that I only I don't have my own wheels. Okay, yeah. So my friend Gary, start, he struck up uh, kind of a friendship with her best friend. So it worked out kind of okay that maybe we would double date. There you go. So we set up, we were going to have it. She was going to come into town again a couple days from then. We are going to meet. And um, she was going to come in after she got done with her chores. And then Gary was just going to drive me to the meeting place where we are going to meet. Okay. And leave me there or, or you know... <laughs> <laughs> drop, yeah, yeah, drop me off. Know. Well, he he takes me there, and and she's not there yet. And I don't know that we ever really set a time. Oh yeah, it was kind of open ended, but I kind of figured you know like eight or so, <laughs> and so we're there at eight, and she's not there. And Gary says, oh, "I'll just wait," because you know he's like he, he socialize socialize with her too, and it's nine, and she's not there. And it's 10, oh, no. and she's not there. And Gary has given me all kinds of garbage about it. She just stood you up. He says, you thought that she liked you. She didn't like And he was like, ah. I said, no, no, she'll be here, I hope. Yeah. At le- it was like 10.30 or 11, she shows up. And, and I'm like, see? And Shoot. so we don't have much of a date that night, but... It was in, and then she had to go home. So it was like, but she showed up. Yeah. And uh, I was impressed. And I don't know if she was impressed that I stuck around long enough. I've never really asked her about that. But (laughs) then we started dating, and the, the, the dating was a little odd because it was a lot of it during harvest season. And she worked on the farm, and so there wasn't a lot of time. I was on shift work, and she was on harvest, and so our dates, most of the time, were I would go out to the field and help her in the field. Okay. And that would be our date, right? And then um, it was kind of fun. Uh, So... We, we, I courted her for a very, not for very long, and I don't know, I, uh, I asked her to marry me after we'd been dating for a month, and, uh, you know, she was just freshly out of high school, I mean, she was just graduating, she was couple of years younger than me and I mean I mean I don't know what I was thinking <laughs> but I I did anyway you know and, and uh, she took a week to say yes she wow. she had me hanging for a week <laughs> but during that week she said that she when you if you talk to her she can tell you better what but she wanted to go and she wanted to talk to her grandpa and talked to her mom I mean it was especially talked to her grandpa Um, and I think he said something to the the effect that you know um, that was when she told him how we that we dated we went out in the field and worked together Um, he said that's how I courted your grandmother so Okay. Sounds good. Sounds okay. <laughs> now you gotta understand, you know, you know, she's I wasn't a member of the church at the time. And so, she was? And she was. Okay. She was. Now she was her family was at varying levels of activity, but she had been the one who had kind of like on her own decided that she was gonna go up. And I think maybe Misha, when you when you interviewed Misha on the podcast, she I think she mentioned that or something. I don't know. But, okay. but uh, Debbie was one who, she, she worked really hard on activating her own family. And here, 
I'm an I'm a non-member sailor yeah. who's who's at you know as soon as my tour is done there I'm we're heading who knows where who knows where right and so I can understand it took a little bit of soul searching um but uh, she did say yes so uh we again we were engaged um I finished my school and then I left deployed and I went I was I would be I came back again I was gone for like five months and for three of those I was underwater totally out of communication there was nothing there was no letters no postcards yeah. nothing right no phone calls for three months Wow and that was the three months right up so we had set the date for um, almost a, exactly a year. So it had been July 6th. Now, I, I, did, I <laughs> failed to mention that during the time, that was when I... It uh, wasn't the first time I'd been introduced to the church, but it was a time there. It, uh, uh, the elder who ended up baptizing me actually tracked it into me. She didn't send him. But he tracked it into me in Idaho Falls. Okay. And then she, I went to church with her family. Um, and so I was baptized in September, on September 23rd. So let's see. All right. We met on the 4th of July. And I was baptized on the 23rd of September. And then, and we, well, we were engaged right around that same time uh-huh. and then I left uh, in December and went to my duty station and then came back like again on my birthday which is the 30th of June okay. which is like four you know five days before we're gonna get married <laughs> six days before we get married and uh, Her friends gave her a hard time about, you know, was she sure that I was actually going to come back? (laughs) But I did, and we did, and then I ran her off to the East Coast to, yeah, so, and the rest, we we spent a lot of time uh, up and down the East Coast, and it was, I'm not going to say it was really easy, because there's a lot of separation. That first four years that we were married, we were probably together maybe 50% of the time. Wow. The other 50% of the time I was out to sea. Gotcha, yeah. So how, how long were you in the Navy for? I, w- I was in the Navy for six years. Okay. Um, and then that week, that was when we had to decide what we were going to do, whether I was going to re-enlist or whether I was going to do something else. And I really, I have to say, it was not a, the ple- it wasn't very pleasant, the whole separation thing. So I really did not want to re-enlist. So yeah. we were, and it was in the middle of a recession. It was in the middle of the 80s. And, and the economy was just in the tank. So it wasn't like I was just going to jump right out and get a job it was it was a little dicey, but we definitely didn't want to stay in the military at that time. So we headed back and we stopped off at my parents' place. And we thought, well, maybe we'll go to school at University of Nebraska down in Lincoln. And uh, but that didn't pan out. I, I took her down. She's she, she's an Idaho girl who's used to a dry climate and, you know, mild summers. It was in the middle of the hottest, most humid (laughs) time, and we didn't have air conditioning, and we went down to check out the campus, and that drive confirmed to her that we were not staying in Nebraska. It's too much. So we just kept heading west, (laughs) and we came to her parents' place, and then we started doing the school thing there. Okay. And so, f- 
first it was Ricks, now BYUI, but at the time it was Ricks, and then we came up to the University of Idaho, and then from there it was like, boom, up to Spokane. Okay. So it's kind of, that was our pathway. Um, and along the way, we had four kids. Yeah. Two, two, in the, two while we were in the Navy, and then the two boys, and then the two girls while we were in school. All right. And, um, yeah, so that, that got us here. And then, so, uh, so that was after you graduated, came up to Spokane, and started working? Yeah, yeah, essentially, um, so I guess I should mention when I was at, in, at the University of Idaho, um, went back to put, I put another uniform back on. I went into the Army Reserve. Oh, really? Uh, we needed a little bit of, you know, it's like, okay, maybe you do whatever you can to get by, right? When you're going to school and you got a family yeah. in tow, you just got to do everything you can. And so I got in into the reserve unit, and we were almost um, through with, the, like, that an enlistment was, like, another six years, and uh, that's when Desert Storm happened. So we were in school. I was in the Army Reserve. Desert Storm happens. And I end up going overseas wow. again. And it was a really interesting experience because we had done this thing before. You know, the separation, the military yeah. going and... Um, but I don't think I was, we were not very mature the first time around, but we were more grown up, more grown up, maybe not grown up, but more grown up. <laughs> Are you ever fully grown up? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but, um, it was a different experience. Uh, we went in with a, uh, more of a positive attitude. If you can have a positive attitude for a thing like that. Yeah. Uh, we were going to make the best of it. Um, and it really it was it was scary, but it was fast, and it was I was back, and then um, I had I was in a, a graduate program, but I kind of lost my funding because I was overseas, and so when it came back, it was uh, gotta get a job, and that's when I interviewed to come up to Kaiser. Okay. And so then we came up here, and I remember driving up here, and uh, it was later on in the evening. And we'd been up here back and forth several times. And a lot of our friends who grew up around, who were in family housing with us, had moved up to Spokane. They had made the jump, right? Yeah. And they were up here okay. already. But that evening when we drove up here, she just looked at the, as you're approaching town and she saw all the lights from the radio towers and she said something like, she's almost in, into tears. She says, I can't live in a town that has that many radio towers. I just, I just can't. But we moved here and it has really grown on us. Um, and we've loved every minute pretty much that we've been here. And this is kind of where home was for our kids growing up. Although the older boys have memories of being at the, at the college mm -hmm. and some fun things that they did there, but they're, you know, most of their school and stuff was here. So they're, they're definitely okay. Spokenites. Spokenites. Yeah. <laughs> Good deal. Well, how about you tell us a little bit, um, about how you gained a testimony I mean, from Catholicism, altar boy, to learning about the church in Idaho Falls. Yeah. Was it kind of a slow process, or was there a point with the missionaries that was like, oh, this is more? Um, there's, it, it really started, my first exposure to the church was not that missionary uh -huh. tracking in to me in Idaho Falls, those missionaries tracking in. Um, it goes back to when I was like 14 and living in Omaha 
and uh, met a it, one of the things that I did, one of the big things that I, they had a boys club in South Omaha. And it was, it was kind of a big thing. It was where I went, you know, to hang out. And they had a guy that they hired as one of their instructors who was a member of the church. And he was a character. He was, uh, uh, his name was Larry Anderson. And uh, he wanted to start a Boy Scout troop in the middle of the Boys Club, which was a little unorthodox because that's kind of like not what they did, but he wanted, and it was okay. And I was in that troop, right? And as a part of that, he said, hey, let's go and do this uh, survival, wilderness survival trip. Hmm. And... I'm like, yeah, that sounds real cool. <laughs> yeah. That sounds really cool. And because he had been, now he, he was also a convert, but he was like, he had this crazy hit past. And, and part of that involved being down at BYU. And that he met this guy, Larry Dean Olson, who was like the father of, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, like the Anasazi program where for troubled youth okay, yeah. all came out of the stuff that Larry Dean Olson started back in the late 70s. Interesting. Anyway, he knew him. He knew these trips. And he says, hey, we're going to do this. Go he was a dreamer. And anyway, he hauls me and my, my brothers a year younger than I am, hauls us out. And we go out to the middle of the mountains in uh, Cody, Wyoming. <laughs> and essentially, we go through this experience, and, and it's during this time when we have these kind of heart-to-heart -heart talks about religion. Like we were talking earlier, yeah. like that's when you kind of get to know people is when you're in those long-term sort of uh, experiences. For sure. And uh, we came to this, you know, this agreement. I mean, Larry had, he, he was uh, a return missionary, so he knew what that was all about. He, he had served in Chile uh, back in the 70s, which was probably pretty exciting for missionary work about that time. Um, so he said, okay, you know, uh, out of respect to your, your parents, because you're not of age yet, he said, you go back, you be as good a Catholic as you can be. And when you're 18, you go find the missionaries yeah. and you see, you see what, and what because we, there is. yeah, because we'd had this discussion about, oh yeah, okay, you know, um, we talked about priesthood and, and authority and, and um, Catholic Church is big on priest, priesthood and authority as yeah, well handing as down over the years. The yeah. And, and, uh, I said, okay, Larry says, um, either you're right or we're right, but all these other factions can't claim authority. They don't have any line of authority. And he says, well, okay, you, when you're 18, you go figure that out. But you go, you go do your thing as good as you can do right now. Yeah. And as it turned out, you know, it was, wasn't 18, I was actually... 20, but that's when the missionaries tracked back into me. That's the next time I had an exposure to the church. Uh -huh. And so I was ready. I had actually been uh, looking, you know, as I, when I went into the military, it was like I, I was at that age where you're just trying to figure out that stuff. Yeah. And so I was probably a golden when he knocked on the door, which was a little rough on my roommate, who was anything but. Gotcha. Right? And didn't understand all <laughs> Come of that. Come on in. Yeah, he's, he's like wondering, what are you doing? You know, because in the Navy, they had warned us about this. Oh, yeah, you're going to go out there to Idaho Falls, and the Mormons, yeah. they're going to attract into your, or they want to use the word track. They're going to knock on your door, and you're going to meet some girl out there who's Mormon, <laughs> and, and you don't know what, you know. And so... They were right. They were, they were right. But but he was all warned off of that. And he's like, I don't know. 
So of the two of us, I ended up getting in the water and he did not. Okay. And even to this day. But he had, yeah, we, we've maintained a really good friendship over the years. and He's still back living on the East Coast. Yeah. But, yeah, that was, and, and okay, so it was kind of fast and furious in the last leg, but the first part was kind of a distance race because the seed was planted yeah, when yeah. I was very young. And I was allowed to incubate that seed for a long time going, yeah, well, I got, you know, and I'd looked at all kinds of different religions and it just felt right. Now, I'm not saying that everything hit. It wasn't like an aha moment uh, that I would, because it really took longer than that. I think um, in a way, getting married and, and kind of being brought into a family sort of thing. At the same time, my family wasn't all that jazzed about it. Yeah, you know? I'm sure. They were, they were a little rough on that. Um, so I was kind of surrounded by the gospel. It was kind of warm and comfortable, except for the fact that my family wasn't. And they, yeah. they became more accepting, but it was, it was a little rough at the start. But they, I wasn't there with them. I was out in yeah. Idaho with... My wife's family. Once they realized that your oh. wife's family wasn't trying to steal you. Yeah, right yeah. Away. Then they were cool with it. Yeah. yeah, and they and my mom was all, you know, if if whatever you decide to do is okay with me, just make sure that you raise your kids and that both of you are the same. Together, you're, yeah. you're doing it. You raise it together. You're not split. Your house isn't split, which was kind of wise on her part. And, and my dad, not so much, but... But definitely, my mom was was accepting, and uh, so being kind of nestled in, uh, I was sharing a lot of light. I, my 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 light wasn't. I was so surrounded by it. It was really hard yeah. for me to build my own, <laughs> generate my own light. <laughs> it, it, and it took you know years of this calling and that calling and moving around and going, you know, like we had to move to the East coast. Well, just the two of us. And then we, you know, then we were surrounded, but it was a different community. It wasn't her family so much. Uh-huh. And, uh, that kind of helped to reevaluate to re- to, Yeah. To look and, you know, it's like, I could ask myself, okay, what do, what do I really know? What do I yeah. really believe? Cause it was like, really fast and all of a sudden I was in the water and out of the water and I'm now I'm now I'm a member of the church uh-huh. um, so it wasn't really a that was that was probably the best time for me to grow I had to ask I had to ask a lot of real heart wrenching questions and I still ask lots of questions because I'm mm-hmm. it's just kind of that was that side of my brain that got awakened uh when I got into engineering was the logic part, but the the artist part has always wanted to understand um, and is able to accept faith. The engineer keeps saying, yeah, faith, great, but work, what about, the, what are the works, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are you doing? So it kind of all shows up in the head there and it kind of yeah. goes back and forth. For sure. Good deal. Um, yeah. Good deal. Anything that comes to mind that we haven't touched on that you'd like oh, to... No, no, I... I'm jammered on I think we've... Yeah, yeah this has been great. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed your story. Well, thank you. Um, to finish up, we'd like to ask everyone the same question. Um, what does it mean to you to be a follower of Jesus Christ? To me, um, being a follower means you have to do a lot with faith. You have to decide um, where you're going to walk. And that's what we're asked to do. And once you decide then you have to reach your hand out to others. Um, 
and that's how you get stronger and grow. It's this really interesting thing about human nature that, and I struggle with it because I'm kind of an, I'm, I'm more of an introvert than it might sound like. I mean, I've been blabbering <laughs> here, but I'm, I really feel more like it's hard for me to reach outside of myself. Um, and the gospel being a follower of Jesus Christ requires that reaching out um, when it's you know when it's not comfortable even uh, because that's what he tells us to do and then we have to act on faith and then you, that's the only way that you you get these special um, sweet moments you know when you run into somebody or your life coincides with somebody else's life and and you and you get that spiritual um, uplifting but it's it's mostly just hanging in there when you don't know the answers for sure you you move forward and you trust and you believe him um and that's that's really that's really what it means to me is to to believe him, to believe what he told us, and do the things that he tells us to do, and then let it shake out. Find out where you are, where how you're gonna end up, you know. And it's it's not just a week or a day. It's till we hit that big wall, you know, and then we know. Then we know for sure, right? <laughs> um, up until then, it's all faith because there's a lot of stuff. I haven't seen angels. Haven't seen. I've seen some things that that were really sweet. I've seen power in the priesthood, but um, you don't. It, those things come with a price, and it's all the walking with faith to get there. So that's what I think it means. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. Well, thank you.